I want you to turn to 2 Kings chapter 6 while you're standing. Amen. We appreciate the opportunity to be here tonight and minister the word. We appreciate Pastor allowing us to preach. And uh, we do miss Pastor and the family. Amen. And we trust and pray they have a safe trip and get plenty of rest. And amen. When he comes back, he's going to be fired up. Amen. Praise the Lord. I don't know about you, but I don't like dead preaching. All right, I done got in trouble already. Amen. I mean, I may be dead to you, but I don't like dead preaching. I like somebody to preach the word under the anointing. Amen. That makes the difference. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We got to have that. Second Kings chapter 6. Going to begin reading in verse number 1 tonight. Let's just pray right now. Lord, we love you. We thank you, God, for this great privilege. God, to preach your word one more time, God, I ask you to anoint your servant tonight, anoint our hearts to receive what you would have us to receive. Move in these altars, God, and we thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. I, I want to make mention, if you're a visitor tonight, we're glad you're in the house of the Lord with us. Amen. And we're just glad the home folks are faithful tonight uh, in the house of the Lord. Amen. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse number 1. Says, and the sons of the prophet said unto Elisha, Behold, now the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. Simply meaning is getting tight here, is what it means. Said, Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take thence every man a beam, and let us make us a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, he said, go ye. And one said, be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them, and when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. Amen. But as one was felling a beam, or he was cutting a beam, the axe head fell into the water. And he cried, and he said, alas, master. For it was borrowed. And the man of God said, where fell it? Where did it fall? And he showed him the place. And he cut down a stick and he cast it in thither and the iron did swim. What a miracle. Therefore said he, take it up to thee. And he put out his hand and he took it. Amen. You can be seated tonight in the presence of the Lord. I want to preach for a few moments tonight on recovering the lost axe head. Amen. Recovering the lost axe head. Now, there's a lot of applications that we can preach from this story or this miracle tonight, but in laying down the introduction we find that this story or this particular verses of Scripture takes place in a Bible school. Or they would call it the school of the prophets. Amen. And in this particular school, we find that Elisha was the main instructor in that school. Amen. Now, I had the opportunity to attend Bible school for a little while and 
I, I, I just couldn't imagine having the prophet Elisha as one of my instructors. Can you imagine that? Amen. But th- he was one of, I believe, one of the main instructor, instructors in that school of the prophets there. Amen. And I believe that this school began to grow because of the influence of Elisha that was in that school there. And you know, you can, you can imagine as a man of God, we, they probably heard about the things that God had used him in. And now we've got Elisha. He's one of, could be the president over this particular school of the prophets here. And, and the information that they're learning in that school cannot compare to the influence of that prophet that's in that school. Amen. How many would agree with that? When, you, when I read this story and think about this story here about Elisha being the the main instructor or maybe the president of this particular school here. The very learning that they're getting, amen, compares not to the fact that the influence that Elisha had upon that school. You see, it's nice when these these young people can go to Bible school and learn a lot of things. Amen. Learn a lot from the Word. But I could tell you those men that influenced my life were those that were men of God. Amen? It was men of God that the, the, the information that I learned from different ones, but the, the greatest influence on my life was the men of God that served him. Amen. That I had an opportunity to be around. I learned a whole lot more from them. Amen. That I did from a sitting in a school. I remember Brother Clinton saying many times, he said, son, you don't have to go to Bible school. You can sit right there on that pew and I can teach you everything you need to learn. Amen. And I understand what he was saying there. But oh, thank God for the men of God. And this is what Elisha, I believe, he was influencing these young prophets. His life that he lived was an influence to their lives. Amen. Thank God for men and women that influence our lives. I remember I was going to a meeting. I was working with Brother Brian McDonald. I was with him. For about a year we had worked with him. And Brother Don Brankel was in that church. I don't know if any of y'all ever heard of him. I know some of you know Brother Don Brankel. And I'd spent some time with him going to his house. And, you know, I, you know I, he had a farm out there. And I, I, I'd go out there and I, I, I'd help him. And just I not, not too often, but a few times I went out there. And I'd go out there and help him in his farm a little bit. But I wasn't really out there to help him with his farm. I really wanted to just glean from the man of God. He really impressed me one day. He said, preacher, he said, you're hungry. I said, yeah, I'm hungry. He ordered pizza. The preacher ordered pizza. Amen. I mean, you know, if you, Don Brankel, this guy's done preached all over the world. He's preached in every church, every, every district council. I mean, he's preached. And I remember he asked me, he said, I want you to drive me, amen, to some kind of, uh, some kind of meeting, some minister, Assembly of God ministered meeting. And he said, would you drive me? I said, yeah, I'll drive you. So I picked him up one day and I drove him to a meeting. And I remember we went to that meeting there. And, man, I'm with Don. It meant a whole lot to me. Amen. I mean, I, I mean, he, he's, he's an old chubby fella. You know, he had a little gut on him. He's still alive. Had red hair, you know, red-haired kind of, you know, red-headed folks. They just something special about them. Amen. Ain't that right, Brother Martin? But I remember going in that meeting and all these young preachers in there. And here I'm sitting at the table with him. 
And oh, we're just a talking, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, man, I'm sitting here with Don Brinkle. We become pretty close, you know, and and you know, when I when I left that meeting there, I thought, those preachers didn't even know who I was sitting with. I mean, I, I know we want to show them Jesus, but they didn't realize. Amen. That we, we we've got a we've got a sergeant here. We, we've got a general here of the gospel, and they, they didn't even recognize him. Amen. I mean, I, I just thought they didn't realize what was happening. And, and you know, I know we're not there to worship, an, a, worship a man, but I'm just saying that the influence of those men of God, it, didn't, it, didn't, it don't affect that younger generation. You're going to see what I'm talking about here in a minute. Amen. But Elisha had an influence upon their lives. And, and so here they are. As that Bible school begins to grow, they start a building program. A building program. Now listen, when you start a building program, if it's the will of God, you better get ready for the devil to fight. Hello? But I want you to notice something about this building program. I want you to notice something about it. They start working, they start building a a bigger school. But it's not a one-man show. Did you know that? It's not a one-man show. The young prophets, they get together and they said, we've got to build a bigger school because we're growing here. We're just getting too tight here. And so they, they all put together, they all put their heads together and they, and they realize that we've got to work together, amen. They realize it's a joint effort. It's not a one-man show. And oh, so what happens as they get begin to have the desire to build this new school here, the prophet, one of the prophets, the young prophets realizes that he don't have a tool to work with. So what does he do? He borrows an axe. Can you imagine that? He's so poor he don't even have an axe. That was a commodity in that day. To have an axe was a commodity in that day. I mean, oh, you know, that was very rare to have an axe in that day. But this young prophet, I I could just picture him and myself saying there's no way. Oh, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to help. I'm going to build this. I'm just going to got to go borrow me an act somewheres. I can't just sit back and let everybody else do the work. I've got to help them build this school. i got to help them. So what does he do? He borrows an axe. Now I wonder what some people would do today if they didn't have an axe. Would they stay home? Hello? Y'all quiet now. I know y'all dreaming of turkeys and dressing right now. Amen. But I, he, he said, I've got to take part in this building program. And so what did he do? He went and borrowed that axe, and here they go. They begin to work. Amen. I'm getting to my main point here. They begin to work. They begin to build that Bible school because it had grown. That prophets of the pro- school of the prophets. And what did they do? They started chopping wood. Oh, hallelujah. I mean, I, you know, I've chopped a little wood in my lifetime. Not too much because I'm not much of a country boy. But I can tell you it's a little bit of work involved. When you start cutting wood, oh, so some of you have fireplaces. Now, you don't cut wood. You just go buy your cord of wood, don't you? Or oh, you cut it. Some of you cut it, don't you? Amen. 
But can you imagine them young prophets are cutting their, they're cutting that wood down. They're getting that building built. I mean, they're getting excited about building that new school of the prophets. But all of a sudden, that young prophet starts cutting. Guess what happens? He loses the axe head. He loses the axe head. What a tragedy to lose the axe head, church. You know where I'm going with this? Amen. He's cutting wood. But all of a sudden that axe head slips off and falls into the Jordan River. How many knows the axe ain't no good without the axe head on it? Are you hearing me? I stayed here this afternoon praying. I said, Lord, you got you to speak somehow. Amen. And, and, and I'm sitting here looking at this crowd. I said, Lord, I don't, this ain't the message you want me to preach. But maybe it is. I believe it is. He's cutting wood. What happens? He loses the axe head. Are you with me? I'm going to tell you something, folks. When the church loses the axe head, we're in trouble. You hear me? What are you talking about, Brother T? When the church loses the axe head. We shouldn't preach this in Victory Temple. And you know what? I'm excited what God's doing in Victory Temple. The Spirit of God is moving, and I thank the Lord for it. Hallelujah. Amen. But, oh, maybe it's just a warning tonight that as a church, as a people of God, we cannot afford to lose the axe head. You hear me, church? This young prophet, he's cutting that wood. Amen. But after he loses the axe head, he cannot work in the kingdom. He he cannot build. He cannot work, church. When he loses the keen cutting edge of that axe head, can I tell you tonight, church, we can be a Pentecostal church and not have the axe head upon the handle. We've got to have the axe head. We've got to have the keen cutting edge of the Holy Ghost. We've got to have it. You see, the modern day church has lost that. How do you know, preacher? I know what I'm talking about. Listen to me. I'm going to get in trouble. I'll stay in trouble. It's all right. I looked up. I tell Brother Stephen and Brother Marvin just earlier. I looked up on the, on the Assemblies of God webpage. And I know I'm on live stream. It ain't bothering me. Amen. But I looked up there. And they got what you call the ACMR report. And what that report is. The pastors have to take these forms and fill them out at the end of the year and tell them what went on in their church. Amen. How many was saved? How many was baptized in water? How many was filled with the Holy Spirit? Amen. And then they had to put their morning attendance and then their Sunday night attendance and their Wednesday night attendance. And I pulled that report up. I don't know why I did that. I just did. Amen. And I looked at all that. Now, not every assembly of God church maybe have sent those in. But on that morning attendance, it was almost 1.9 or 2 million people attended those churches on Sunday morning. Amen. But when we got to Sunday night, 
It was only like 290,000 people attended the Sunday night service. When I saw that, Brother Keith, something began to burn in my soul. Church, you hear me tonight. That's an 85% drop in the attendance from Sunday morning to Sunday night. Now you're looking at me saying, oh, he's old-fashioned. You better believe it. Amen. When we can go from 2 million to almost 290,000, something's wrong. You hear me, church? I know you're listening to me. Somehow, we used to be a church that had the axe head upon the handle, amen. But for some reason, we're losing that axe head, church, you hear me? Amen, I know Victory Temple, thank God for what he's doing. But oh, I know you're here for a reason. I want to be a part of a church that not only has the handle, but has the axe head upon the handle. What do you mean? I want to be a part of a church where the Holy Ghost moves, the conviction power of the Holy Ghost ghost or deal with our hearts because you can't get saved unless the Holy Ghost is moving. You can't get saved. Oh, I'm telling you, I need the Holy Ghost to deal with us. Lord, we're a Pentecostal church. We must have the moving of the Holy Ghost. We must have the moving of his power. We must have the axe head because if we don't, Amen. The work ceases when the axe head is gone. I was pastoring there at faith. And I remember praying. The Lord dealing with me about some things. And the Lord spoke to me, Sister Rich, Sister Mary. He said, the flesh is high maintenance, but the spirit is low maintenance. I said the flesh is high maintenance. It costs a fortune to keep it happy. Amen. I'm not against a program. I thank God for the outreach that Victory Temple did Sunday. What, what, a, what an opportunity. Amen. Not talking about that. Amen. But I'm telling you, we're not built around entertaining the flesh. We need the Holy Ghost. We can't be a prophet without an axe head on the handle. We have a none effect. I can't be a preacher behind the pulpit without the axe head, Brother Chad. I can't be a song leader without the axe head. I need the anointing of the Holy Ghost. We can't lose the church. You're saying you're preaching a victory temple. I'm just telling you. You don't think the devil's trying to rip that axe head off before Brother Jacob came? Hello? Am I right, Sister Brenda? He's trying to rip it off. Oh, hallelujah. He wants us to walk around with a handle. We don't get nowhere with a handle, church. You can beat that tree all you want. It's not coming down. But when you have that king cutting edge, when you have the anointing, you have the Holy Ghost, that's what will make the difference. I said, that will make the difference. God, let it be a Holy Ghost church. Let us be a church filled with the Spirit of God. I don't want to be like that young prophet and lose the axe head. I wish I had more wind. <laughs> Help me, Lord. You say, preacher, something's wrong with you. You see, he lost his effectiveness when he lost that axe head. Amen. When we lose that, we will lose our effectiveness. Amen. The young prophet, 
I was in Jamaica a while back, and the pastor, he asked me to go to a crusade with him. And you know, I said, okay, I'll go with him. Another young man was preaching, and he got up and he preached a little bit. After he got through preaching, he started calling individuals out and prophesying over them. Hey, man, I'm sitting on the platform with a pastor. Hey, man, Pastor Steve and his wife out in the audience and other people. He started calling people to the front. He started giving them a word of prophecy. Hey, man. He called out the pastor's wife, Pastor Steve. Called him out, called her out to the front. He didn't know that was the pastor's wife. He started prophesying to her. He said, sis, he said, you better get ready. He said, God's fixing to put you on another island and give you a job. I'm sitting right there. His, 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 her husband's sitting right next to me. Hey, man, you know, he goes on and prophesies. Finally, the, the, the pastor's wife, he looks at that preacher. She looks at that preacher and said, hey, I'm Pastor Steve's wife. Oh, he, he kind of choked a little bit. He turns and said, Pastor Steve, you better get ready. Your wife's going to be gone for about six months. <laughs> What'd you do, brother? I looked over that pastor, Pastor Steve. I said, let me tell you something. That ain't the will of God. Hello? I said that. He said, I know, Pastor. I said, that ain't God's will for your wife to run off. Amen. To be gone for six months, got two little boys. And I, no, that ain't God. That's a contradiction to God's word. Amen. Why'd you say all that, preacher? I'm telling you, we had nothing but a preacher with an axe handle. It wasn't no axe on that handle, brother. Amen. God help us in this hour. We don't need a prophecy over every individual. We need somebody that'll preach under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. We need somebody that'll proclaim, thus saith the Lord, under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Ghost uh, that have cut through every sin. Hallelujah. I remember me and, me and Sister Torbert at a store one day, and one of the young ladies we used to pastor come through there. We hadn't seen her in years. So we stopped and we talked to her. Said, Hey, sis, what, how's it going? You know, just the conversation. And we asked her, she, she, just, she divorced her husband. She left her husband. Hey, man, we asked her, said, where are you going to church? She said, we're going down to such and such church. We said, really? She said, I go there because it makes me feel comfortable while she's living with a lesbian. Did you hear what I just said? It made her feel comfortable. While she's living with a lesbian. I'm going to tell you right now, when that axe head's in that church, you ain't going to be comfortable sitting there living in that atmosphere. Hello? I'm telling you the God's truth. Amen. The Word teaches that. I'm talking about, oh, listen, I know it's quiet on me tonight. I don't want, you don't have to shout me down. Amen. But I'm telling you, oh, hallelujah. Brother, I've seen them shout and live like the devil. It don't make no difference. Oh, I want you to shout and worship the Lord. I'm not trying to steal your shout away. But I'm telling you, we can't have the church without the axe head on the axe handle. We've got to have that king cutting edge. Oh, preacher, you got to be soft on sin. No, I'm not. Hey, man, this book is not soft on sin. 
sin. I'm telling you, church, the Holy Ghost will deal with that individual when it contradicts the Word of God. We must have the axe head in the church. Oh, we must have it. Listen to me. When Stephen preached to the high priest, the Bible says, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. And they gnashed on him with their teeth. You know what Stephen was doing? He was swinging the axe head. Amen. When Peter preached, Acts 2.37, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. Amen. Peter and to the rest of the apostles said, men and brethren, what shall I do to be saved? Peter was swinging the axe head, church. Oh, hallelujah. The Bible says, and now also the axe is laid into the root of the trees. Every tree, wherefore, that bringeth forth not good fruit is hewn down and cut into the, thrown into the fire. Listen, you've got to have the axe head on the handle if you're going to cut to the heart of the tree. We've got to have the Holy Ghost church. We can't live without it. God deal with us in this hour. I must be filled with the Holy Ghost. I must walk in his presence. You need the power of God. Sometimes we blame things on other people when it's the whole time it's our flesh that's not being pleased. You hear me? Amen. It's when the flesh is not being pleased. It's when I want to blame it on everything else. Without the axe head, you can't cut to the heart of the tree. With just the handle, you go. You only affect the outside of the tree. How many believe the Holy Ghost's job is still the same today as it was after the day of Pentecost? I said the Holy Ghost is still. Listen, listen to this real quick. I want you to notice something here. Amen. They lost the axe head in the midst of growth. Uh-oh. I said they lost the axe head in the midst of growth. I'm not growth. I'm not saying it's not it's wrong to grow. Thank God victory is growing. And thank God the Spirit of God is moving. And Pastor desires that. Amen. But as a church, sometimes I've seen them grow and they lose that axe head. In the midst of growth, they lost it. Amen. Oh, listen, in the midst, in a time of education, they lost it. You hear me? Amen. The modern church has replaced the anointing with education and psychology. You can't replace that. I said you can't. I'm not saying education is wrong, but you cannot replace the anointing and the convicting power of the Holy Ghost with education or philosophy or psychiatry. You can't do it, church. We need the Holy Ghost to move in our services. We need the Holy Ghost to move from the pulpit. Hallelujah. I can't save the sinner. It's only by the Spirit of God that'll draw him in. Oh God, give me a prophet. Give me a man of God. Give me a song leader. Give me a teacher that has the axe head on the handle and they will be effective. They will be effective. Amen. But you got some they just want to beat everything with a handle. It don't do any good. Amen. The young prophet lost his power for service. He lost his effectiveness. You can't help the building program of God without the axe head. You hear me? Amen. You need the Spirit of God. If you're going to build his church, you need the Spirit of God. You see, that's why we bring entertainers in the church today. Hello? 
Somebody told me, they texted me, said, you got to put your mouth up to the microphone so I can hear what you're saying. Years ago, we brought these muscle men in. Lord, help me. Trying to bust a water bottle. They were bending stuff. Hey man, I mean, you know, we, I don't know, I don't know where they're at now. It costs one hundred fifty dollars a day to feed them. I can eat a whole week on that. Hey man, but I'm telling you that that's what happens when you lose the axe head. You got to bring the entertainers in. I mean, I was thinking about Jesus. He always had a desire to go to Martha and Mary and Lazarus' house. Why? Because he, he, they didn't entertain him that much. They, they just, he just wanted to sit in his presence. Oh, hallelujah. They didn't have to have bright lights and, and strobe lights and all that kind of stuff. Oh, to please Jesus. Didn't have to have all that. Amen. But oh, give me that accent, church. Give me that anointing of the Holy Ghost. Give me the Spirit of God. Oh, hallelujah. When you don't have it, you're not effective. It doesn't matter what you do for the kingdom of God. Oh, I've been going to Jamaica the last couple of times by myself. I don't like it too much, but I can tell you I'm packing somebody with me. Hallelujah. You can't pack a gun on that airplane, but I'm packing something bigger than a gun. It's talk about being filled with the Holy Ghost. That's what will make the difference, church. I said, that's what will make the difference is be filled with the Spirit. God, give us a church. Give us a preacher. Give us that one that has the axe head on the handle. Oh, God. Amen. But listen to me. The greatest thing about this story, come to piano. Amen. Some of y'all shopping list is running through your mind right now. Amen. The greatest thing about this story is, Brother Chad, they recovered the axe head. Isn't that wonderful? The power can be restored back. The effectiveness can be restored. He did recover. How did he recover? Let me tell you something, church. He didn't go to the young prophet. He didn't go to another young prophet. He went to the old prophet. He didn't reach forward. He reached backwards. He said, I got to talk to somebody that knows about this. How did he recover it? He ran back to that older generation that knew what a move of God is. Hello? He didn't run to the young generation. I'm not saying they don't know what a move of God is, but they ran back to that old man of God. Said, hey, I've lost the axe head. He's only been raised in how old are you? How old are you? Old enough. He's retired. Ask him about the old times. You trying to stir up the ashes of the past? No. Amen. 
But I'm just telling you what they had back then. Amen. He, he went to the old prophet. He went to that older generation. He said, I've got to find out. I've lost the axe head. How do I recover the axe head? Hallelujah. Listen, I've had them get upset at me when I pastored. Oh, they got mad. Amen. They leave the church. I've had them come to me saying, well, you, you don't have much for the children anymore. We've got to leave the church. I'm telling you, well, I believe in children's ministry. We've done a bunch of it. But I'm telling you what we need is the axe head to move. We need that axe head in the service church. Oh, he reached back to the old prophet. He said, I want you to tell me where I can get my axe head back. You know what he told him? He said, go back where you lost it at. That's what he told him. Go back where you lost it at. And we're going to go forward. We don't need the older generation anymore. They don't know nothing. The older generation don't know nothing, right? They know a lot more than what you think. Amen. He reached back to that old generation. And the man of God said, where'd you lose it at? If a church is going to recover the axe head, they got to go back where they lost it from. You're not going to be parading in this new stuff going on and find it. I'm talking about the king cutting edge, the effectiveness of the power of God. He said, this is where I lost it at, right here. This is where you lose it at, church. When you leave this right here, you will lose the axe head. You hear me? When you leave this altar, when you leave your altar, you will lose the axe head. I promise you. But God don't want you to do that. The Bible says he cut a new stick. He stuck that stick in that Jordan River. And the Bible says the iron. Did it float? Dead things float, honey. The Bible says the iron swam. I kind of want, I, you know, I picture this. I, 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 I got a wild imagination, Sister Laura. I can see that iron head, that axe head doing the backstroke. Oh. Even the metal was submissive to the name of God. Hallelujah. He stuck that stick in that water and that axe head come floating to the top. Oh, then it started swimming back to where it belonged. Oh, I could preach on the cross right there. That stick is a type of the cross. But oh, I'm not going to get on that. But the greatest part about it, Brother Chad, he reached down and he grabbed that axe head, put it back on that handle, went back to work. He recovered the axe head, church. I said he recovered the axe head. We can do the same. Somebody hearing my voice, you may have lost the power of God. You may have lost that effectiveness in your life. And God's saying you can have it back. You can recover it back. You can recover it back. But you got to go back where you lost it at. Amen. You got to go back where it was at. Recovering that lost axe here, church. We can do that tonight. Amen. That's the greatest part of this story. He recovered it. When that 120 come out of that upper room, you know what God did? He slipped the axe head on that handle, brother. They come out cutting. They come out being effective because the power of the Holy Ghost. You believe that's true tonight? Hallelujah. God, we can recover that axe head. 
we can recover it. God help us. I want us to stand to our feet right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Restoring the axe head. I don't want to lose it, do you? Amen. Some of you here, you're struggling tonight with some things in your life. Good old-fashioned filling with the Holy Ghost will eliminate a lot of that problem. Amen. I said a good old-fashioned I probably told you this, Brother Clinton, and told me and my wife in marriage counseling, said, if you want to stay married, just stay full of the Holy Ghost. He told me a few other things, but I'm not going to tell you that. <laughs> I remember those words, Brother Chad. He said, if, you, if, you, if your couple stay full of the Holy Ghost, you'll stay married. That's the greatest advice I ever had. Forty-one years. I said forty-one years with the same. Got married right here on this platform. Amen. Forty-one years. I don't know how she put up with this body. Amen. But you know what? We ain't always been filled full of the Holy Ghost. We've kind of drifted away a few times. Not in the past thirty-two years, but but I found out what makes the marriage a whole lot better is when I stay full of the Holy Ghost. Hello. I said, I feel it breaking loose right now. Amen. Brother Aaron, if you want this thing to last, stay full of the Holy Ghost. It's going to last. You want it to last, don't you? Hallelujah. Amen. How many wants that marriage to last? Some of y'all ain't raising your hand. Some of you may not be married, I know. When you get married, you want to be full of the Holy Ghost, though. Because that's what makes the difference. Hallelujah. How many believe what I'm saying is the truth tonight? God slipped the axe head on the handle. Put it back on there. My, we need it. We need it. Hallelujah. I want to go to church where I feel canal. I want to go to church where the Holy Ghost deals with my heart. That's where I want to go. Where the preacher preaches and the word deals with me. That's why I come to Victory Temple. Because it deals with me. That's what I want. You know I've come to service here. I've been gone quite a bit on Sundays for the past since August. And I come on Wednesdays if I'm home. And I'm telling you there's times I've come in this church to sit on that pew. I ain't tell Brother Jacob one thing about my situation. God speak right through him. That's what I want. You know what that is? That's the axe head, church. That's the axe head. Amen. He wasn't up there just beating a handle. I believe the, I, I, I've seen some of his some of his texts. It's 4:30 in the morning. What's that preacher doing up that early? Amen. He's praying. That's what he's probably doing. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. That's what a good preacher will do. He'll get up early and pray. Somebody shout hallelujah. But oh, listen, I'm telling you, amen, I, I've been there when the when Brother Jacob preached the word. That's that axe head on that handle, dealing with my heart, working on my heart. Amen, I know for a fact that a family showed up to this church one night. Amen, left their church. Church split about to happen. And I knew what was going on. And Brother Jacob got 
got up and he preached. He preached thus, said the Lord, right to that family. I want to turn around and say he's talking. that was that's the Holy Ghost I didn't he didn't know anything about it brother Chad that's the Holy Ghost that's what we want tonight if you desire that axe head tonight I want you to make your way to this altar right now come on church I want you to come and stand at this altar right now hallelujah maybe you lost your effectiveness maybe you don't understand what I'm talking about I'm telling you, you got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You need the anointing. The anointing's not just for the preacher. It's for whosoever will. Come on, lift your hands to him. When you get in this altar, lift your heart to him right now. Oh, begin to cry out to him right now. If you're a leader tonight, you need God to put that axe head on you. Come on, we need the fresh oil. Oh! 